Sun Pacha is always saying do jit do our own you know the, the state of mind you're in and this is like really you investigate in your mind you know like know what's going on inside because you know usually our attention is outside you know going looking at things and you know we're conditioned to see the world as something out there and and, and, that, and the thinking process tends to be uh, you know developed from that assumption but then the Buddha the point not at making ultimate kind of doctrines about suffering but is a noble truth is not ultimate truth and so the, to seek dukkha is not about going and looking at, at, at misery outside but looking here at your own insecurity, doubting, uh, the feeling that arises when somebody insults you, or the feeling that arises when you get something you want, you feel momentary happiness, but it doesn't last. (laughs) And so you, you you, you can observe this. And this is like Sati Sampatanya, Sati Panya. And you know, that's the thing that so inspired me about this tradition. This is the only, this is the only escape hatch we have. You know, how can you do it other, other way, just through believing in happiness or God or goodness that will make you happy? And, you know, if you're going to believe it, you know, I encourage you to believe in good things because <laughs> at least you'll find happiness, more happiness than you, the people that don't. Like if God is good and believing in angels and demonas and, and uh, you know, seeing, trying to develop positive qual- personal qualities is certainly praiseworthy, but it, it's limited. It's still birth and death. But, but like when just ask yourself the unborn uncreated can you your imagination you can't produce anything any image like if you notice in the, in Buddhism you've got you can produce a Buddha Rupa so a human form like here a human form uh, in a state of you know mindfulness in where and uh, Buddha Rupa is, is is beautiful because it's a, a, the Buddha Gautama the Buddha was a human being he wasn't some demona an ethereal force from outer space he's a physical <laughs> historical human being and uh, and that but he would you know he wasn't that the Buddha is, is really just the enlightened consciousness awareness so and then he Buddha knows recognizes realizes Dhamma the way things are reality you can't make an image of Dhamma you can make a like a Dhamma Chakka is the best you can do but you can't have a human form for Dhamma it's not impossible so you know they have the Dhamma Chakka as a kind of symbol remind you of Dhamma and then 
imagine unborn, uncreated, unformed uh, and try to imagine anatta, no self so I don't exist there's no self what am I doing, you know until your mind kind of goes into you know trying to figure things out that that you can't that where the the reasoning logical thinking mind can't reach can't imagine because it's beyond imagery and like space is is a beyond image or consciousness and then nothing the the third immeasurable is uh, nothingness. You can't have nothingness. What is that? Is it as a in the present moment or neva sanya na sanya yatanang with neither perception nor knowledge? Try to figure that one out with your brain. It's, it makes absolutely no sense on the logical, reasonable level. Neither perception nor non-perception, but intuitively it makes it, you recognize it. It's an intuitive reality, not not a logical one. And this is where you know you see the the uh, limitation of thinking takes you so far, like Bariyati Dhamma, Bariyati Bhavati Way, that sequence. Vaitidama is like signs pointing in a direction, you know. And uh, then you go where it's pointing, you do Bhakti Bhatta. And then the result of Bhakti Bhatta is Bhakti Way, the result of what you've been doing. You can, so that it's, it's this, this formula of like the three aspects of each noble truth give you that sense of reflective awareness. It's not that grasping suffering as a doctrinal position, you know, you didn't suffer, it's all misery. And uh, it's, I mean, one can do that, but that's not what a noble truth is. Uh, so the noble truth is, is understanding suffering. So, like, use the, the suffering you have in daily life. I used to tell people in England, I said, you know, being brought up as a Christian, you know, you you have these images of uh, Christ being crucified on a cross. That's a real strong image of suffering. I mean, you know, it was really extreme. You know, like stripped naked, humiliated, everybody laughing and jeering, nailed on a cross in public where your mother is, uh, you know, is at the base crying and 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 uh, people jeering and saying, you're the king of the Jews, <laughs> and they put a crown of thorns, and, uh, uh, you know, it's the worst possible scenario for suffering, or one of them. But, uh, don't wait for a crucifixion, just work with the stuff you have in daily life. We suffer, you know, even if we're, you know, in a beautiful modern mansion with all the luxuries around us and and then, you know we get our heat feelings hurt we we feel angry we feel desires and we feel frightened and 
envious and jealous and we worry and so forth and this is this is all the stuff you need to know and that's what well, you know what I what I've been doing you know like in uh, all these years just using the the things that happen to me you know, make me unhappy or angry or upset or despairing or whatever to just use that as a noble truth and hopefully I won't be crucified but if I am I wouldn't know what to do but you know how I could learn from that but uh, it's not necessary to wait for that because none of us ever will probably be tortured or be used in such an extreme way in uh, Thai first tradition there's a lot of opinions and views <laughs> and so uh, you know you hear Pete Monk saying you've got to get to jhanas first before you can do vipassana or or uh, you know you, you, or you don't need jhana is there a waste of time or and, and so the people do grasp these words and, and come from a position an opinion uh, and that, and that but what you can know is when somebody says you, you've got to get jhanas first how do you feel about that when you know do you agree or feel intimidated or what this you can know and, and it's a, it's a, to just make it simple you can only know how things affect you like, like some people come across the, the kind of authorities on the scriptures and you know they've studied Pali, Sanskrit and they, they've written books on the suttas and I mean that when they speak from ex cathedra you know the high seat of certainty and, and you know, I always found those people very intimidating <laughs> so so somebody comes from this kind of they have a degree in Buddhism and they they speak in this very parliamentary style of you know find the authority and I use that looking at how my own reaction to such such strong conviction and certitude that they they push at me that I'm receiving like this this you can know I'm not saying they're wrong but I mean how people present things also affects you know how I say something it's going to affect my tone of voice is going to affect you your sensitive being you know do I say something really profound but in a harsh voice you're going to feel the harshness you may not get the, the profound meaning of what I'm saying <laughs> this is what sensitivity is about you know this is a, this is a sense realm we, we're not just you know you, you, you pick up like people's emotions you know the you can say very profound things but it's not a very angry position or you know this is the only truth and anything else is wrong it's, you know that might be a tone of voice you're going to feel it we all will but some, sometimes we we you know we 
we, we may not have that that certainty that certainty that they have and then then you tend to doubt they call him but he really knows me he's got a PhD and we just studied from Harvard University I don't have anything <laughs> and you can be aware of your intimidation but that which is aware is what you need to respect rather than your view of yourself or of the, of the other person those are sankaras question I have I have uh, friends who are doing the same Buddhism and so other way of other forms of Buddhism and they often come with, with the, the question about you know it's selfish what we are doing striving for Nibbana because they have so this uh, Bodhisattva idea in them what is your to this, this you know often you have uh, strong views in Theravada and Mahayana even on this point you know, this well point. That, that's very altruistic you know the Bodhisattva mm-hmm. you know. and you know, it's very inspiring, in fact, to sacrifice your enlightenment to the welfare. Now, I, uh, in one way, I kind of see how that's possible. I can't see how my remaining ignorant is going to help any of you. <laughs> so, it's, <laughs> you know, I feel a lot of gratitude to Lumpa Chag. You know, I knew him, I lived with him, and he's a human being, you know, and the same problems as we all have and you know he you know he was so helpful and, and even to this day he's he's uh, you know even though he died 20 years ago he, he's still the power of his teaching and the memory of him is still you know is, is even more so than it was when he was alive and, uh, and he was compassionate you know because that you know, I used to wonder when you're running a monastery, you've always got issues and problems. And what about Pong as it started expanding? You know, it, it just more and more monks came with more branches, and then there was more problems and, and scandals and things like this going on. And, and I used to wonder how he, you know, why didn't he, why didn't he just go off and live a nice, peaceful life? Instead of establishing Wat Ma Pong and, and kind of accepting anybody that came and, and then all us foreigners and, <laughs> and, and you know, because you know, in one way, you know, from a personal view, you know, why would he do such a thing? You know, and obviously, probably Leighton long before, he could have just that the nice peaceful life some remote place and then uh, but then you feel this continuous gratitude because he, he established what up home and and opened possibilities for us all and that's Bodhisattva I mean that's a you know an enlightened being who who has compassion oh thank you and so I never I could see the point as I heard it from Mahayana you know I could see it as a upaya maybe that developed 
too. Because a lot of some sometimes the way we practice is so self-centered. Yeah, you. you know, like I, I'm going to get in line no matter what. And to hell with you. <laughs> <laughs> That the, uh, I, mean, I mean, so I can see the Bodhisattva thing as a kind of altruistic kumbaya to to kind of to kind of combat selfishness. But uh, I've always what what I've admired with the Theravada approaches is directness and clarity simplicity because that appeals to me I, you know I'm already you know my personality is quite complicated <laughs> I don't need to make it more complicated I just need to understand the causes of suffering why why I you know why I feel I feel this way. I used to want to know why do I feel like this, and then as the practice developed, then it uh, it wouldn't matter why. This this moment is like this, and so like sometimes always it's like this. Life is like this, and and Buddha taught you know me you know the way things are, and so, you notice this is a statement. Of reflection, it's not judging it, it's not saying it's good or bad this moment at this time, we're not saying it's good or bad or whatever, or but it's a, a certainly acknowledgement that at this moment it's like this, and from your own, you know, awareness, not from your idea of what you like it to be, and, and from your own personal insight into your own feeling of opening to the present is like this you know because I can't tell you how it is I can you know I can describe my own view of it but it's probably not what your experience is you see so that's where it's up to you to you know to to, to recognize that you, you you're the only one that can know at this moment the way it is and then you then it gets down to you know, there's consciousness, and then there's conditioned feelings of, that sometimes you have no name for. You know, a lot of our emotional life is it, you have no words for it. You know, if you ask somebody, "How do you feel right now?" And then probably, <laughs> 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 uh, you know, you know when you're really angry or greedy or something, that's stronger emotions. But most of our life is like this. It's neither nor, but, but we can be aware of it, neither nor, without having to define it or examine it, just recognize all conditions, this, this continuous reflection on impermanence, and then, then investigating impermanence is, you know, accepting, observing, satisambhatanya, not making any problems around it, just the simple act of accepting this moment is like this. And then you, you, you recognize, you become more aware of the 
behind all the conditions you're feeling is the, the mental states or emotions or thoughts it's consciousness and if you let go of your interest in the conditions that you're experiencing you realize pure consciousness here and now it's always pure you can you know the conditions can be endured but the consciousness never into your heart and that is quite important to me because you know you're brought up in a Christian family where impurities you've got to get rid of and you shouldn't have impure thoughts or get angry or things like this so you're you're constantly trying to control things and and then feeling inadequate or guilty if you get obsessed with impure thoughts or anger and fear and jealousy and you feel you know you're not good enough or God doesn't love you anymore and so you know it's a hopeless task on that level is it how much control do you have over what arises in your consciousness and you only have pure idealistic and beautiful thoughts and feelings or it changes according to conditions you know what conditions now and, uh, and then uh, you know then it changes according to you know you're going to this is one prop and it'll change and go to the side <laughs> where I'm changed rather than uh, you know uh, this you can actually do it's not about defining it or seeing it as good or bad but recognize it's like this and that's a discerning discern it's not a judgmental one so even if you have bad thoughts or being angry you can discern that anger is like this you're looking at anger not by attaching to it anymore and identifying with it as your problem but you're totally accepting it and then you see it says anger anger is a permanent and not self so then you, you find this is, this is reality and where before you know, you, you know oh I'm angry I shouldn't be and then you make a, a big thing about why do I get angry when I shouldn't and why am I so upset over somebody you know looked at me cross-eyed this morning and you know just really disturbed my peace of mind <laughs> what's wrong with me then you start analyzing yeah, don't do that just recognize condition phenomena like this and then then you can go that which is aware of condition phenomena can't be condition phenomena couldn't be but it's conscious knowing and like Lumpacha you know he said uh, at the end of his teaches all about my man not knowing and that's what that's the highest knowledge is not I mean this is like a paradox really it's not ignorance like you don't know anything because you, you you know you don't know why you you're not bright or intelligent really. it's not giving up intelligence but it's, it's transcending the conditioning <coughs> and knowing Dhamma 
you know, Buddha knows Dhamma, that's the real knowing. Because consciousness is the ability to know. And the object of consciousness are conditions, like the sankharas. So, so that which is aware of sankara is not a sankara. And test it out. It's a, it's a kind of fun to do, I found. You, you know, you can be aware of it. anger, you know, say, anger then we say, oh, I'm angry, oh, whose fault is it? Or I just lose my temper, or I, uh, you know, I shouldn't feel like this, and I've been addicted to so long. And then you create a whole guilty trip in your mind about yourself as a person that having feelings that you shouldn't have. That's you know, that's like a ditty operating. Rather than the, the opportunity of a moment is to observe, be the puto knowing tamon, puto knowing dhamma, rather than emotional function. You know, like, like now it's so simple, you know, I've been practicing this for so long, you know, Knowing, knowing sankaras, you know, it's the best you can way to describe it, and be the knowing rather than the sankaras. And that's my satisampatanya. That's the the gate to the deathless. And then, like the aparita de sangamatasatara, the gate to the deathless is open. Amatasa, Amatasa Tawara, the Tawara is a door, and Amatasa is like the gate, the door to the deathless. And that, that can't be a Sankara, you know, it's, a, it's this, this point where we're mindful. You know, it's, it's, that's the escape hatch out of birth and death. 